Welcome to the Hear Me Out CC podcast, a show where you'll hear from inspiring people in and around the deaf community and from your host, Ahmed Khalifa. Yes, welcome to episode six of the Hear Me Out CC podcast with your host, Ahmed Khalifa, and with a great interview lined up with Ed Rex, who is also known as the Deaf Traveler. And he wants to help inspire and support and give advice to other deaf people who want to travel, whether it's a short trip or travel around the world, and also create awareness for other travellers as well of any deaf travellers that they may come across. It's a great interview, so many funny stories, so many scary stories as well of what he has been through, but it's such a great interview with Ed. So let's get straight into it with my interview with Ed Rex. So, Ed, welcome to the Hearing Me Out CC podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I love the enthusiasm. I absolutely love it. I mean, there's so many things to talk about with you because your blogs, your content, and your journey, literally around the world, is just, like, really interesting, really exciting. And there was no doubt in my mind I had to talk to you. So, let's go started from the beginning and let's just start off with you know kind of a general story about your background especially around your your hearing journey and you know the kind of challenges that you had to deal when you grew up and how did you overcome can you just tell us the general story of your of your background okay well once upon a time lovely yeah I like it. <laughs> um so i was born in the 80s so a lot of people don't look, think i look like i was born in the 80s but hey oh, um yeah <laughs> and um and back at that time there was um the baby newborn screening possibly just started uh, to see if babies have deafness or hearing loss and somehow i managed to slip through the net and um and i wasn't found deaf till i was about five years old and by then, I wasn't really speaking, and I probably had one-word answers, but possibly caused by reacting to things that to the to the adults or teachers and parents um, who may have thought, "Oh, he's, he's doing well, etc." But I could uh, read, write, and um, and I could go to school, etc. But the thing was, I just wasn't speaking. Now. A lot of people were saying, perhaps your um, child is deaf. And, um, but so they took me to the hospital and tested me again and again and again. And I kept passing through all those hearing tests. I have no idea why I passed through all those hearing tests. Wow. Um, so it wasn't until I got to school um, at um, reception where I had a good teacher who used to be a special needs teacher. And she immediately spied that I'm deaf and took me to an educational audiologist who said, definitely, Edward is deaf. And and it's, in a sense, it was such a relief for my parents because they started thinking maybe I've got like a problem between my brain and my mouth. And they probably still think to this day that I've got a problem with between my brain and my mouth, you know, <laughs> before we should speak. And um, but it was, but again, it was also devastating for them because they don't know anyone else who is deaf 
and or have hearing loss and they really struggle to find what support that could there could be for parents of uh, deaf children how to um, make sure that my life goes the way that I want to go rather than being hindered by everything else um, in my life so um, but as a result of my diagnosis um, I went to a school primary school that had a hearing impaired unit so I spent all my core lessons in the unit with um, teachers of the deaf and then I spent um, things like history, geography, etc. in the mainstream classroom and um, and then I did really well in my 11 plus exams um, so I went to a mainstream school for my secondary school and I had a teacher of the deaf to accompany me to a couple of lessons but by then I was by year 10, I didn't really need that support um, because I was able to progress so well. And I think I learned how to cope well. And I think the personality that was instilled into me and also the support that was available out there and in, and the independence as well, which is really important word for me, independence um, was also given to me very quickly, very early on. And so I was able to look after myself, no matter what the situation arises. And um, so, and then I went to Sixth Form College, and then I went to university, and um, did all the freshers' week things, you know. Party, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, joining clubs, societies, and I, you know, I just had a great time there, away from my parents as well. No disrespect to them, but I could be the one there. Um, I could be the man I wanted to be, and um, and then immediately after leaving university, I got a job, which which um, I had to be out in the field on my by myself with just a mobile phone to call if there was an emergency. That did not phase me whatsoever. Wow! And um, and then I quit that, went to do a masters in uh, Newcastle University to do uh, environmental consultancy and um, did that and that's when the dreaded um, recession hit ah, uh, so all the careers that were promised to me um, after I left that my masters were gone um, so I went to work for a water company uh, for a couple of years but that's when I started to think you know what, I'm getting on to 25 now, I'm having a quarter-life crisis, and so what do I need to do? Hey, hey, let's book a world, around the world ticket, that's always I've wanted to do. And that was essentially really with one thing that held me back, my deafness held me back, was to travel solo, and because I felt like I needed to travel with a friend, because what if I get into situations which I might not be comfortable with, it's a whole new culture, there's a whole new customs, um, a new society, etc. Will I be able to understand the accents over there? So that's where I felt I, was, I needed someone to come with me. And I did search and search and search for a friend. But um, I don't think they wanted to spend eight months with me, um, with just two of us or something, because I'm extremely hyper. I can be very annoying. <laughs> I'm very happy all the time. I'm very much of a morning person as well. And um, so that's when I decided we could go around the world then.
But the only thing that really helped me on the way was having a cochlear implant, which I decided to have when I was 25. Um, the reason is because the hearing in both my ears um, went downhill dramatically. So I've got degenerative hearing loss and caused by a medical term called, called um, Pendred syndrome. And it's related to your thyroid. Um, so basically your ear hair cells depend on the supply of chemicals which your thyroids make. And then, um, but my thyroid does not make that. So my ear hair cells are dying up one by one. Um, so all my hearing in my right ear went kaput. So I decided to uh, put a cochlear implant in there. So that would be great. Yeah. Wow. So many things. I mean, I think it's a good thing that you had, you know, you made your own choice about cochlear implant because there are yeah. a lot of people out there who said you shouldn't be forced on it. Um, for example, when parents, hearing parents, they feel like they have to force it on the child and people sometimes argue about that. But you got that you know, you're in your mid-25, you made that decision by yourself. Mm. And I guess you've gone through all your life experiences and to some extent you, you went mainstream, you know, the majority of your life until suddenly you realise, okay, maybe I can't do mainstream anymore. And it's mm. interesting because one of one thing that you said about your parents realised something was wrong. And it's the same thing with me. I think my mm. parents realised that I can't remember the story, but it was like my speech was slower than other people, or other toddlers, um, after I was born. And I was held back and whatever. And same thing, you know, going to primary school and high school. I didn't have what you said, The uh, you had like someone with you or a specific unit, but I've mm. had the um, speech therapist or I've had the additional tutoring or I've had the extra sit in the front of the exam hall or sit in the front of a class and stuff like that and you know it's interesting that you said you've had these extra help which is good because not a lot of people get that so I mean I, I think you know it sounds like that helped you a lot along the way didn't it? Definitely because I think it's so invaluable to a specific child because that teacher of the deaf will know that child inside and out and attend to their needs. And there's a problem nowadays in the UK because we've got a shortage of teachers of the deaf. And there's a lot of kids out there who don't actually see one, um, probably see once every six months. That is no way for a connection to be made and to understand the needs of that deaf child. Um, so it's really disheartening to hear that because, you know, things should be improving all the time. And knowing that I was blessed with, you know, having a great teacher of the deaf um, who saw me throughout primary school, secondary school and sixth form college, um, it really helped me a lot. But only to find out, you know, the children of today are not getting that, it makes makes me sad, really. Yeah. Um, but again, technology is improving all the time. Maybe there are different ways uh, to do it, but it's just that human-to-human contact. Oh, you can't yeah. replace that. You can't replace yeah. that with technology. Yeah. There's no way. I mean, people talk about video call and all these things, but I always say face-to-face, you can't replace that. You know, exactly. Even if we have one day, um, I don't know, a hologram calling facility, you know, like Princess Leia or something, but, you know, no. You know, face-to-face is the best way to communicate for everyone, not just yeah. 
for those you know deaf or hard of hearing or whatever you say so but you're right it is quite sad i mean maybe things have changed since you and i were last in school mm. and high school and stuff like that maybe technology helped but you're right there's a problem with the whole funding and facilities and all this kind of stuff yeah it, it's a bit of a problem but you you move forward you did something you decided you know what i'm going to bite my tongue and travel around the world yes and that must be you know must be quite exciting but also scary because you know never mind a deaf person doing that alone even a hearing person doing that alone is something that you know it will scare them a little bit so what what was that moment what was that moment where you thought you know what i need to do it was it because of that job or was it because you feel like you have to prove something to yourself um a bit of both actually um god you know me so well already <laughs> uh, so i would say first one because i was in a job and it was my third year in, in that job and everything was being repeated and repeated and repeated i'm i'm the one that needs to be distracted all the time so if i see a squirrel going by then i'll uh, while i should be waiting for something i will go and chase that squirrel um so i was getting bored and bored and also, I'm a very adventurous guy myself, regardless. Um, I like to push things to the limit. I hate people saying no uh, to me. Um, so if they say no to me, then I will prove you wrong and go even further. Um, and so, but uh, travelling is something I've always enjoyed because um, a lot of people in my family went travelling. So I heard the stories how they enjoy traveling. I had an uncle who used to go traveling around Europe all the time. Um, and it's just seeing his photos, you know, back in his uh, 60s and 70s, etc. It just inspired me, really. Um, so I've always said I wanted to go traveling. Um, but as soon as I realized that, no, it's now or never, because if I'm going to quit my job and go on adventures, this is the only time I can do it, because... If I don't get another job, then that'll be another five years. And by then, you know, I'll get older and older and older. And I'll be like, you know what? I'm quite happy being at home. Um, but I thought, no, this is going to be my big adventure. And so I booked that round the world ticket secretly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, how did I not know that? I, I figured it'd be secretly. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. But as soon as I booked it, you know, I was in negotiation with... Um, some really nice people um, at this travel company I was working with um, all communicated by email they knew um, my requirements etc and um, and then I quit my job three three months before I, I was due to go and the next day then I told my family um, and there was a lot of um, stunned faces <laughs> and then a lot of questioning uh-huh. You know, have you got any? Have you got anything to help you on your way, etc.? And my mantra is something that really, really annoys mum to this day: is it will be fine. <laughs> yeah. It'll be fine, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Have you Have you got your passport? You know, you're going to be running out of a date tomorrow. So we can do about it. No, it'll be fine. So, so something like that. So, um, so I can't believe how relaxed I am about things. Um, so then I um, boarded um, on a flight uh, from London to uh, Bangkok. 
in Thailand. And as soon as I landed, this is when I'd, I think I actually got really scared, just for about half an hour. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the only reason big because um, when we had landed, I forgot to put write down the address where I was going to be staying in Bangkok in Thailand. And, and I was like, right, I need to get access to a computer to find out what the address is. Um, and I couldn't just walk, walk up to a, a telephone because, I mean, the Thai accent is really, really hard to understand. So I just, this, when I first started going, you know what, I don't really care because I, I went up to like a Starbucks that was in, in the airport or something, found someone who was on the computer and I said, I'm really sorry. May I use your computer for 15 minutes? I need to find out um, my address, etc. This guy looked at me really suspiciously and going, who the hell are you? Are you going to be you know, stealing my laptop or something? And I said, no. I said, here's, um, I can give you some money. Oh, wait, I haven't, I haven't withdrawn any money yet. Um, so and I said, I can get you a coffee or something. So I did. Um, and then found, found the address. And then that's when I went, Right. <laughs> I think I think I'll be okay. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That, from then on, you you became a deaf traveller. After that, you were fine. Yeah, I was, I was fine. There were some, you know, bumps along the way, yep. some highs and lows, um, but it was meant to be uh, an eight-month trip, and which then extended into five years. I think it's um, amazing. I think it's incredible. I mean, and here's the thing, as I said, you are known as the deaf traveler and mm. you have documented your journey and you started your blog as well and i'll link to that in the show notes so people can access it but some of the some of the journey that you've went on i mean like i said you know it would be exciting for anyone let alone a deaf traveler so of course there are challenges for you what kind of challenges did you face as a deaf traveler and how did you overcome them the first one was always making sure your equipment is in working order. Um, so that was the biggest thing for me because you've got to be prepared for any, every single situation. And, um, and the reason is, is because, um, for example, I can give you a really good example. Um, I was um, on a speedboat in New Zealand on Lake Tasman. And I just got in. And I did not hear the um, captain saying, we're going off now. Normally, <laughs> oh, I, would, I would take off um, my cochlear implant and uh, put it in my pocket or something. But we whisked it off at such speed that my cochlear implant suddenly got whipped off. And I thought it landed into the water. And it's going to be lost forever, you know, etc. But actually, luckily, it actually fell off and went under the uh, seats in the speedboat. So that was great. Wow. So, you know, so equipment for me is always like very, very important. And also, when you go to um, hot, humid countries as well, I mean, it's going to fritz, fritz up your hearing aid, cochlear implants, or something. So I always made sure I had like a hearing aid dryer box with me. Make sure you've got plenty of batteries as well, because some countries don't stock these type of batteries that you have. Um, be prepared to uh, get your electronics um, to help charge up your cochlear implant or hearing aid inspected by the airport officials, like it happened in Australia. 
Um, so they literally unpacked everything out of my bag and said, what's this? And I said, oh, it's a, it's a battery for what? <laughs> tell me, tell me that you're going to be doing something bad in our country. And I'm like, no, it's just something to make me here. Um, so so that equipment, first thing, equipment is important to me. Second was um, attitude as well, because wherever you're going to go, you're going to get somebody who's going to be discriminatory mm. towards you. Uh, you're going to get somebody who's going to be inquisitive, want to know more. Um, you get also get somebody who's um, over keen to find out more what you, what you have. Um, but it's your own personal attitude as well, because they don't know what you you know. You have to educate them um, in, in terms of like maybe deaf awareness, how who knows works, etc. I find that's really, really important for anybody who's travelling who's deaf um, on the road is that they've got to make sure they've got their patients, uh, they're kind. You know, if you're going to get somebody who's in your face, etc. for example, I remember um, an Australian guy telling me, um, can I catch it? Can I catch deafness from you? Wow. Um, so, you know, obviously I just went, why, what the thing you're telling me all about for but I had to sit down and explain to him yep. etc but then I've had to do it first I had to take out my hearing aid first and I said quick quick it's on the loose it's on the loose it's going to get you <laughs> um, but I was good with that yep. um, and also third is also about good clear communication obviously there are going to be some accents that are not going to be able to understand so my hearing loss is more loss on high frequency scale and um, so I would say South Asian accents or something is something I'm going to be really really to struggle with as well because it's very um, melodic um, or something and um, so and for me to contrast that to American or Australian it's very loud and almost like flat in a sense, so that I'm able to understand more on that. Um, so, for example, like I was in Thailand um, and I was trying to find out where this boat was leaving. And I said, oh, um, do you know where, where the boat is, etc." I'm trying my best in, in, in my own pigeon-type tie. And, um, and so she was like, and she said something, and then she, she kind of gestured one way. And I thought, oh, it must be down that way. Thank you so much. I ran down that way. I couldn't find the boat. Came back and I said, but you said the boat was that way. Am I am I right? No. Then she started uh, pointing the other way. And um, I thought, what, what what's going on? And then I ran off that way. And it went, it went until about five times later that she didn't actually um, realise, she, she, she was actually telling us that she actually didn't know where the boat was were going and she was telling us that she was literally telling us I don't know but I couldn't hear what she was saying I thought, oh, no. she was actually going please ask someone else and that's why she was pointing and um, so yeah wow but it's, you've got you've got to have a laugh about it of course, of course. Um, so and that's I think that's the key thing as well just making sure that you are constantly smiling and um you know, you're going to get into any situation you're going to be involved in, whether you like it or not. 
Um, and and I think it's something you shouldn't be getting stressed about. Embrace it. There's always a lesson to be learned from everything. So yeah, I think that's the main the key thing for me. Just uh, just keeping a happy face. Great advice. Great attitude. I like that. It's a great attitude yeah. because you're right. You're going to face some challenges, and it's not going to help if you panic or worry or run around mm. like crazy. No, you have to sometimes laugh about it, embrace it, and uh, try to solve the problem. And a few things that you've mentioned, you know, you know, it resonated with me. And uh, one of them is about, you know, people asking questions which for you and I, and maybe a lot of listeners, mm. which sounds baffling. It sounds crazy. And some of the comments that they've made, because I've, I've done a video about things that people have said to me which are unhelpful. So, yes. for example, someone has said to me, do you need Braille? And, <laughs> and I said, no, I don't need Braille. And someone said to me, can you drive? I'm, I'm shocked. How can you drive? I'm like, why can't I drive? I'm not driving with my ears. I'm using my feet and my hand. And mm. sometimes there are times where you're like, uh, no. But then there are other times, you're right, people are genuinely asking questions and you just want to help them out, which is sometimes a good thing. It's about raising that awareness. And what you said as well about accent um, makes a lot of sense. Because for me, I love languages. You know, I, I, can, I can speak Spanish, for example, and uh, I can you know, understand it quite well. But then it got more and more difficult for me to listen to them. Not just trying to translate from Spanish to English, but also listen to the accent on top of it. Yeah. It's a challenge. It's a challenge. So it's kind of maybe maybe forever, I don't know. But for now, I am put off learning spoken languages. Right now, I'm focusing on BFL. But it's a challenge. And you're right. If you are in certain countries where... If they speak your local language and they have a strong accent, that's hard. If they speak in English with their accent, that's also hard. So mm. it's a challenge that we all have to um, overcome, but even more so for someone who is deaf. But kudos to you. You've overcome it. You've overcome a flying yeah. speedboat and, you know, people pointing the wrong way and you following that direction. And it, it's really, really cool. But, you know... There must be something for you then that you realize, you know what, I can't do it. So would you say, would you say there are certain type of holidays that deaf people can't do at all? Can't do. Can't do. Okay, you, you're trying to prove everything you want to do, go to as many places as possible. But would you say that there are certain things that, you know what, I've hit the barrier and I can't do it? Well, like I said earlier, if you're going to say no to me, then I'm going to prove you yeah, wrong. Exactly. But having said that, um, for me, it would be diving holidays. Um, but only for me personally, I can't scuba dive because of my cochlear implant and because yeah. of the pressure um, under, under the sea. So, but if I didn't have that, then of course I would, you know, if I just had my hearing aids, that's fine, you know, because... Like I say, divers communicate using sign language underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess on you know on the other hand, maybe you can compensate that in some way by snorkeling instead. Mm-hmm. Which is, I know it's not a same of deep sea diving, but snorkeling is still in some way something that you can do, isn't it? Yeah. So 
I, mean, I, I can do it. I can, I do, I've done it. I've done it quite a few times. I mean, I've snorkeled in the uh, Great Barrier Reef, and I found Nemo as well, which really excited me. Wow. Um, so, um, but um, I can't do. I think. Oh, I mean, can't. Can't is a is a word. It's not in your vocabulary, is it? Don't sympathise with at no, all. I can tell. But, uh, but given the choice, what I would not like to do ah. is, um, is going on an eighteen thirty holiday, going out clubbing where it's absolutely loud every single time. Going to a pool party, music playing, I'm really loud. I can't really have a conversation in a, with anyone. You know, if I'm looking, you know, for a date or something, that's that's going to be an awful time. Um, so anything that's possibly really, really loud, I will choose not to go mm-hmm. on that kind of holiday. Um, but I could if I want to. I mean, all I have to do is take out my hearing aids and just mouth at people. And that's it. But um, no, I don't think there's any holiday that deaf people can't do at all. There we go. And and you've you've done the evidence, you've done your research. I like that as well. And uh, but if new nudist holidays, I mean, I've done that. Oh, okay, okay. I I don't think that is really going to stop anyone, let alone <laughs> deaf people. So, <laughs> um, it's a different kind of challenge in a sense. <laughs> um, but you're right. I mean, the loud parties and stuff like that, which is kind of one of the reasons why I will not and do not go to these party holidays because mm. I know it's not going to work for me and you know it's not going to work at, at home let alone in a foreign country so I don't know why people yeah. are trying to convince it to go so then um, what was what are the the best and the worst experience have you had as a deaf traveller mm. the worst one I'll start that first we always like to end things on a really good note. Um, is the worst one is oh, it's a choice between two. I go to, to I go to them really really quickly. Uh, the first one was actually on my second day of my eight month around the world trip. Um, so I was walking down a street in Bangkok as well. And somebody came up behind me, flicked my cochlear implant off my ear, and I saw it fly off into the crowd. It was almost like I could see it in slow motion happening. Um, it landed in the middle of the street. I rushed forward to try and grab it, and I saw somebody's foot actually step onto my external processor of my cochlear implant, breaking it. It's different pieces. And this is the moment when I went, oh, wow. I've just, you know, I'm only two days into my eight months around the world trip and I can't even hear properly now. Um, and But at the same time, I was actually mugged as well. I'm mean, not mugged, I mean, um, it's got pickpocketed as well. So my wallet went missing. Because um, by the time I was reaching forward, trying to save it, somebody stole things out of my pocket, etc. Unzipped it, like, I probably, like, really made sure everything was safe. Um, so you've got to be very careful when you're out there as well. Um, but luckily, um, I got in contact with um, my manufacturers and they sent a replacement. 
me um, about three days later, and um, I look really looked after it really well from that. Yeah, I didn't. It didn't happen though um, for a good few days afterwards because I remember um, skipping a fire rope on the beach in one of the islands, and then it blew off while I was there uh, skipping, and um, and then I wanted to look came back off it and I went round and I was like, oh, where's where it on the side of my head? Oh my God, I've lost it again. Oh no. When somebody came up to me and said, is this yours? And I was like, oh my God, thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. Um, so that was, that was probably my worst one directly related to my uh, cochlear implants. But the, uh, the absolute worst experience overall was when I got kidnapped. What? Yeah. Kidnapped. Um, oh God. Yeah, I was halfway through a journey, and I was really tired. The ferry was late. Um, uh, the the uh, kidnappers um, they brought a group of us to a travel agency or something, and they said, "Oh, you need to pay this much money to get to this place." And we said, "No, you're you're um, telling us that it's way more expensive than it should be." Um, and that, that's when they brought out the knives, and they marched me to the ATM. Withdrew eighty-five pounds worth of money, even though I had more money in there, and um, put me in a minibus to go around Thailand, um, south of Thailand for about a good day, whilst delivering drugs at the same time. So they're using me as a mule. Yeah, mule. Um, so luckily they left uh, the door unlocked one time. They managed to run out with my bag and managed to get to Malaysia as quickly as possible. Now, having said that, Thailand is a beautiful place. <laughs> Apart from that. <laughs> but um, you just got to keep your wits about you, that's all. Yeah. Yeah. So that was probably my worst um, experience ever. So, But what really um, surprised me was the way I dealt with it. Now, I could have, you know, could have started crying, you know, and saying, you know, my God, you know, I'm deaf and I'm in, in a strange country, no idea what was going on, etc. But now I just kind of assessed my options and went, right, don't stress. You know, and yes, this is a situation you're involved in. What what kind of lessons can you learn learn from it? You know, that kept really calm and just kind of, you know, chilled out, etc. So why the police going to raid the van? I'm going to tell them the whole truth and everything. And let's get into, get, get into another situation. And then I'll sort that out. It's fine. So I was really, really, really surprised that I kept my cool in the sense. Um, so that's that. My best one, ooh, was, yes, it was, um, was when I was in Uganda, in Africa, and we went to a place in Uganda where they'd never seen, um, white people before, and, um, one guy, you know, came, immediately, one kid immediately came up to me and sat next to me. And the rest didn't. And he was, and he would, he started talking to me in a sense, but obviously he was talking a different language. I didn't, I didn't know, etc. We started playing in a basketball together, etc. I thought, well, what, why, why is he getting a connection with me, but not everybody else? Now, his grandma is deaf. Wow. Okay. So, and he kept saying, you know, kept showing me his hand and said. You need to come with me, but I put I put him off for a few days because um, we were building a school then. But then we had a free day, 
And um, so I said, well, you, you take me to see your grandma, etc. Went to see uh, her grandma, his grandma, sorry. And, um, and then when I met her, she had a hearing aid. But I was talking to her, but she wasn't responding. And I thought, you know, what's going on? Is the hearing aid broken? So we started, you know, talking a bit more than her, um, her daughter, um, who knew very slight English, um, started talking to me. And I, and I realised what the problem was. I ran back to my campsite, grabbed, grabbed a load of batteries and went over. And, and, a, and the first instant I put the battery in her hearing aid, she suddenly jumped up in with delight and started crying and saying, you know, she could hear again. And apparently she spent two years without her hearing aids being checked. Wow. And so I just said, here's a box of batteries, which will last, you know, a year. And I said, but go and see the hospital and they will get, um, give you some batteries, etc. And um, and she couldn't stop thanking me now. She kept bringing food. <laughs> all, uh, all times, her grandma cooking, that's great. Oh, who doesn't love uh, that? Definitely. Uh, yeah. And um, so, and, you know, I wrote a letter, she you know, to so keep in contact. Um, but I haven't heard back yet. But, but that will always be uh, the fondest memory for me because um, that is so help someone to um, be connect back in contact with her family as well and be involved in everything rather than feeling isolated was the worst thing that could anybody could happen to a deaf person at all so yeah yeah no isolation is something that a lot of deaf people can um, resonate with they're familiar with that but that's amazing I mean you've definitely gone from one extreme to another so well done for choosing the worst experience first <laughs> and then finish it on a high with the best but that's amazing that's beautiful i mean you know i that was not something like that keep but you're right you know it's like almost like a like a habit that you put in your hearing aid without thinking about it sometimes and yeah you realize you're just gonna put it in and uh, just get on with my day not knowing whether it's doing anything at all but mm. you didn't realize that and Unfortunately, I can imagine at that part of the world, you're not going to have, you know, facilities that we take for granted over here mm-hmm. in the UK. So that's amazing. I know I love that. That's a great story. And, uh, you know, that's a great story for me to share with other people as well. Yeah, I know that guy who said he went to Uganda and well, <laughs> that's amazing. So then what? Yeah, what now. <laughs> well, this is, the thing, it's just like, this is why I wanted to interview people like yourself. It's just that this story you know it's different and not everyone has their own uh, has that kind of exact same story so it's it's great that you're sharing that as well because everyone has their own journey which is great you know and uh, you know this you know leads me to my next question then because this is where you put yourself in this situation you created these opportunity to get you in Uganda and Bangkok and wherever so then what advice do you have for other deaf people who want to travel and they're a bit hesitant but what advice do you have for those people who want to travel my first advice don't be scared at all you'll get to a destination and you'll be wondering why did i get scared about it at all because you're going to have an absolute amazing time you're going to love it and the amount of 
deaf people I spoke to, and they said, oh, I don't know why I put myself, put things off so long, etc. It's so easy um, these days um, to go travelling. Uh, the second is always make sure that you have all the equipment you need that will see you throughout the journey. Um, so make sure you stock up on batteries, tubing, electronic chargers, etc. There will be a portion in your backpack that will be solely dedicated to your hearing aids or cochlear implant as well. So remember that it can't stuff it with like cheap t-shirts <laughs> from the south or something. Um, so, um, so always make sure that. Um, third is go to a um, agency first. Have a face-to-face conversation about what your plans are. Don't say yes straight away. You just get them to email you all the confirmation that they've discussed. Then you can always find out more um, items you could add in. Um, so there's um, tours as well throughout the world for deaf people. So if you want to meet other deaf people, we can do that indeed. So check on the websites, etc. And um, one fourth um, is have a great time. Of course. Yes. You're traveling. It should be one of the most relaxing experiences you have. And you're on holiday, escape from the real world, etc. Yeah. And, you know, whether you want to lay lay on a sun lounger by the pool, reading a book, that's fantastic. Or if you want to go on adventures, you know, in the Chihara, that's fantastic. Or if you just want to go on a city break for a long weekend. The opportunities are there, and don't feel frightened to do anything because after you've done it a few times, you know, just popping in Japan, you know, that's that's easy. Casual. Exactly, yeah. No, it's great. It's great. I mean, I think everyone should take, um, you know, follow advice like that. Enjoy it and get get prepared, get all the information you need, get your Mm. equipment if that's relevant to you as well, of course. You know, you want to make sure that you're comfortable and you're safe and you know what mm. you're doing. But you're right, have fun. Yeah. Great advice. And also pack underwear. Oh, well, I mean, that, yeah. should, that should be number one, shouldn't it, really? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, a, he's a great advice, including the underwear story as well. So mm. I like that. Okay, well, I mean, if we're going to kind of round things up with the quick fashion that I like to uh, ask my guests. So... I want to ask, you know, after the whole travel, you know, deaf traveling experience, I want to get personal a little bit and talk about what was the worst thing people have said to you about your hearing or your deafness or your cochlear implant. What's the worst thing that people have said to you? It doesn't matter. Oh, like, God, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like when you're having a conversation um, with anybody and you just missed it and you go, sorry, can you just repeat that again? No, it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's up there for me, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. It happens anywhere in the world. <laughs> Any language. Keep it cool and just say, look, actually, it actually really irritates me because blah, 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 blah. Yeah. You need to educate them of the fact. It might not be their fault or something, True. but keep educating them. True. Okay, yeah. Don't say that, by the way. Don't say it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, what's the worst thing about being deaf? That's really hard because um, is if I really had to pull something out of the hat, it would be that 
I've yet to experience an earthquake. I've slept through many earthquakes because I didn't hear it. And oh. it's um I know it's you know earthquakes are natural disasters, blah 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 blah. But um, I think when I was in New Zealand there was always earthquakes happening, but really mini ones. So things like, you know, the windows rattling, that's it, you know. And um, or there's a really big storm going out in outside, there's that big lashes of rain and then I always wake up the next morning and somebody goes, Did you hear that last night? And I'm like, No. Yeah, I was asleep. Didn't hear anything at all because I take out my hearing aid that night. But yeah, and I'm like, oh, is everyone talking about this now? And I feel left out. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, probably the other worst thing about being deaf is um, no, nothing at all. That no, that's that's amazing because I never would have thought you would say earthquake. You know, I mean, again, this is just. Shows that this is why I want to speak to different people. Everyone mm. has different experiences. And I mm. would never have thought that you would say earthquake. Maybe, you know, thunderstorm and the rain mm. sound, stuff like that. There's something soothing about it. For those who know what it sounds like, they will know that it can be quite soothing and relaxing. But yeah. earthquake, wow. That's, that's a new one for me. That's definitely a new one at first. <laughs> And, you know, so then what's, on the other hand, then, what is the best thing about being deaf? Lip reading. Ah. Yeah. To all sorts of information. <laughs> um, whether they, the recipients, likes it or not. Um, so, um, every single tour. I mean, I think okay, it, it actually can be the worst thing because um, the tour leaders, you know, when they talk to other tour leaders, I'm there eating like a snack or something and I'm glancing up and I've just said, we're going to surprise them with this. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I've lost my surprise. <laughs> and then, or, you know, in a, in a tour group, you know, so like I was in America for 10 days with a tour group. Now the, the dynamic of that group completely split into different creatures, etc. clicks. Um, but I could knew what they each were talking about the other all the time. So I became like everyone's best friend because I just knew what they wanted, etc. Without telling without t- telling anybody else, you know, this person said this, that you know, you're breaking the death code. Oh. Um, but I just knew what they wanted. So I used to go, Oh um, um you know, I've got a scarf, you know, um I don't really need it because, you know, I'm, I'm too I'm too hot. But are you cold? And minutes before I said, oh, I'm really cold. I wish yeah. somebody would like give me their scarf. And I'm like, here's a scarf and they're like, Oh, you're so amazing. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Oh so that's probably the best thing, you know. Um and also you know, it's it's, it's a term of uh, peacocking as well. In um, it's um, because people are interested. Mm-hmm. You can actually see them wanting to ask about you and your hearing aids, the cochlear implants, and the deafness. They're, they're interested, and you can actually see them in their eyes, um, but they're scared to tell you because they don't want to offend you, or you know, they don't. Maybe they think that you don't want to talk about it or something. I welcome it. Yeah. So I can make people laugh about you know. Me being deaf, I can make them feel emotional as well, sympathise or whatever, you know. And it's you know, it's a great it's a great way to um, kind of meet people as well. Sit next to them, 
take out your cockery implants and start cleaning in, in, in front of you. And they're like going, what the hell is that? <laughs> um, so no, it's, it, it, it talked to them. Yeah, it's great. Definitely. Definitely. I think I agree with you on that last point because this is why I'm doing, you know, the podcast and the videos and whatever, because I don't mind talking about it. Years ago, I was a bit like private, but now I don't mind talking about it. And I encourage people to leave comments or if you have questions, just ask mm-hmm. in the comment section or, or send me a tweet or whatever. And, you know, sometimes it's nice to just help out with that information and just answer that question. So. Mm, you're mm. right you know you're right it's a great thing oh, okay i like that it's great great stuff great answer so then what advice do you have for hearing people when they are around deaf people while traveling or in general let's stick to the traveling route then because this is quite a unique angle um i would say be patient and expect to repeat yourself because if we're going to be walking along a busy road, etc., I've got to watch where I'm going. And if someone's talking to me, then, you know, I might have to step over something while somebody's talking to me. But then by then I've lost that conversation. I'll have to just keep asking you to repeat, etc. Um, always keep a lookout um, what's happening. I mean, I've met so many friends throughout my travelling experiences, uh, probably over 100 people. Uh, thermal traveling you meet them in all sorts of situations um but as they began to travel with me they noticed like something that probably couldn't hear um or couldn't stand uh, maybe someone's shouting at me across the street or something i'm just blissfully going on my way ignorant of everything and then you know my hearing friend would tap me on the shoulder and say look somebody's shouting after you etc I said, oh, no, it's the guy, you know, I haven't paid money to. Let's run. Um, (laughs) So um, so things like that. So, um, But also be very um, understanding as well, and particularly when we're going to um, loud environments as well. You're going to be going into a club. You're going to go into a bar, wherever you're going to be in the world. Um, So, yeah, just be be a friend, really. Yeah. any, just be any friend, just be understanding. Yeah, no, yeah. it's great, great advice, and I could not disagree with you. You know, it's all relevant point to a lot of people. So, no, you're right, you're right. So then, let's finish it off. I thought also, said... wake me up before the food starts getting given out on the plane <gasps> as well. Wow. That is really important. Well, I mean, it's a challenge in the plane, isn't it? You know, people yes. have conversation in the plane. I'm like, how do you do that? And um, and then the air stewardess just um, or steward, you know, just talking casually. I'm like, how do you have conversation like that over the noise? It's just, mm. it's insane. And um, that's why sometimes, if I'm either sitting beside my wife, she will tell me beside me what they're saying, or I sit on the aisle, and then I've got a better idea, but still not perfect um, idea of, you know, do you want chicken or beef or whatever they're gonna ask yeah. you. Um, but good point. You can't miss the food in the plane. No, no way. Exactly. I always keep sleeping through it because all the tannoy comes on. Oh, of course, yes. Can't hear it. And he said you're going to be fast asleep. They're not going to serve you, no. especially when you're on the long haul flights. Um. So, and I remember a really good uh, flight I went on, and they had stickers. Um. So you put on your blanket or on your head or on the, your headstand, 
said, when food is served, please wake me up. Ooh. I, I will, it was completely a revelation to me. So, That's amazing. So I, I would ask for stickers, but there no, it was Emirates who did that, but um, but other flights, they don't do that now. It should, it should be in every single plane, for everyone. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> wow. So let's let's finish it all off, Jim, and yeah. uh, you know, finish it in style as well. So, what advice do you have for anyone who's living with, you know, hearing impairment, hearing loss, a cochlear implant, deafness, whatever it is? What advice do you have for those people in just making the most out of their lives? Oh, very good questions. Um, I would say just be open about yourself. Don't be shy about your deafness. Don't hide it away because if you do that, you're denying a part of yourself. Your deafness shape, your deafness shaped who you are, regardless whether you wanted it or not. But you can be, um, open about it, talk to your friends about it, talk to your family about it, and never let it um, push you back from anything you want to do because there's so many things out there that you can do without realising it. Because, I mean, look at, you know, loads of people who are now travelling with different disabilities they can do whatever they want to do. Why can't we do what we want to do? If you want to, you know, go to see a your child at their local play, but you're worried about not being able to hear your child, there's equipment out there for you. There's induction loop system. There's conversation listeners, etc. Um, if you want to go to cinema, but but you don't feel like going, want to go to cinema because you won't understand it, there's subtitle screenings. Um, so there's always something out there for you. And now technology is getting better. The world is getting smaller. We've got more ways of communicating. Um, I just like I said, just don't let it. Um, don't deny your deafness because it is a part of who you are. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. And, and I think I can speak from experience. Actually, you said you know don't hide it because it will kind of deny you of who you are and your opportunities. And I can speak from experience because. For many, many years, I've been uh, you know, pushing it aside, whether deliberately or subconsciously, and just kind of ignoring that I have a, quote, issue. And part of me regret that, because mm-hmm. it means that, you know, you are denying yourself of certain opportunities. And uh, since I've been a bit more open about it with YouTube videos and whatever, it actually opened up a whole new world for me. So... I can definitely agree with that from my own experience as well. Great advice. Great advice. Don't be embarrassed. Don't be you know, worried about something's going to happen. You will get into that situation whether you like it or not. But it's how you cope with it that counts as well. I mean, I've got a friend, went to a busy restaurant, said um, to his wife, I love you. Yeah, but his wife has got hearing loss. She misheard him and thought he said, I love stew. <laughs> <laughs> and um, oh, great! And it was a hilarious situation. Yeah. They remember it as well, and they talk about it as well. And it's just like, the most natural thing to yeah. talk about. So don't worry about it whatsoever. So 
be happy. Love it. Love it. And what a way to end it. What a way to end it. So yeah. many stories and great advice and words of wisdom and important information like don't forget your underwears. I mean, there are so many important advice in there. So thank you, Ed. I really appreciate it. It's, it's been brilliant. It's really, really good. So, you know, if people want to connect with you and find you, the, where is the best place for them to do that? Well, I have two websites. Yep. Um, so one is, uh, which I've started with many, many years ago, called Rexy Adventures. Um, it chronicles um, all the adventures I've been taking, uh, with some alluding to my deafness. But now I've now got a specific deaf travelling website called The Deaf Traveller, um, which I will be putting more and more content on there about all the countries I've been to visit and how it relates to my deafness. Um, so the best way to do is go on there, comment, and I'll comment back, or you can just drop me an email, um, or you can tweet me, Facebook me, Instagram me, why not even Snapchat me? Oh, God, everywhere. I'm, I'm open for business. <laughs> <laughs> and I will, I will make sure I'll put in the relevant link in the show notes so people can access it. But uh, um, uh, uh, again, thank you for taking the time, for sharing your stories, and I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Now, wasn't that a great interview? Thank you, Ed, again for being on the show. Really appreciate sharing your stories. And, of course, you can all connect with Ed. All the links to his website and web social media is in the show notes. And the transcript is in the show notes as well. And, of course, I would really appreciate it if you could leave a review on iTunes. It would mean the word to me. Until next time, I will speak to you soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Hear Me Out CC podcast, courtesy of hearmeoutcc.com. 